dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Saturday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm doing well. Nice, nice weather. Blah, blah, blah. That's stuff I usually say. You know what I'm saying. Poking around here on my tablet and see what I can find. I still have to set up a soundboard. You know, the the more I look, the more I have a feeling that uh, I'm not going to be going to any cons this year. But, well, I'm still going to let it play out for the next couple of weeks. We will see. Anyway, today I want to talk about bias in role-playing games. And rules, GMs, whatever. And we will talk about that after this. All right, before we get started, I do have a voicemail. I have a voicemail here from John Allen. And he comments on my Orcs episode. Go ahead, John. Hey, Glenn, it's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. Just been listening to your Orcs episode. And I've got to start by saying I love the way you said, oh, I got to go grocery shopping. Oh, boy, with like a heavy sarcasm. That pretty much sums up how I feel when I have to go out and do a big shop. But to to get to the subject of Orcs, yeah, I agree with you. They, they're sort of stereotypically evil. But, you know, if you want, you can develop them and add a bit more nuance to them. I've always seen the sort of stereotypical orcs equals evil view of being the sort of view from without. So that's how they're perceived by people. But obviously, relatively few people wake up and think, yes, I am evil. So they probably don't think that. And they maybe have a bit more sort of subtlety and a nuanced society. But if you're an outsider, perhaps you don't get to see that. Anyway, that's just my two pennies worth. Take care, dude. Stay safe. I'll catch you soon. Thank you, John, for that. Yeah, I pretty much, you know, we're we're pretty much in alignment about about you know orcs, prejudice, all that. Yes, I don't think anybody ever thinks of themselves as evil, even though there are like characters who kind of revel in it. But those are the exceptions. They uh, they obviously evil ones that love being evil. They're usually insane or whatever. But no, everybody has their own viewpoint, and even orcs have their viewpoint. And I don't doubt that if an orc baby was raised in the right atmosphere, he'd be he'd be oh, kind of okay. I mean, what you get is like a wharf from next generation to me. Uh, and you know, there's a deg- there de- there's degrees of that too. But yeah, nobody w- nobody says, "Hey, I'm evil." No, they're saying, "Hey, this is what I want." And this is what I'm willing to do to get it. That's basically it right there. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. Okay, I want to talk about bias in role-playing. And I'm ta- talking about rules and GMs. What I mean about bias is a prejudice against something. And I'm not talking about the prejudice like prejudice. It's just some people, like, for instance, I've always heard that in first edition AD&D, Gary Gygax did not like elves. And so he gave them kind of the, the shaft. I, I don't see it. I really don't. What I think he didn't like was bards. <laughs> because the near impossible leveling of bards and their career path 
is really, really just atrocious. Then that's why, and they and they spent, and D spent how many editions trying to correct that? Second edition tried to correct it. Third edition, fourth, and now fifth. You have a bard character that I think is all right, but you know, try, having to do like X amount of classes before you can get to the bard class isn't isn't cool. Or we could take this back to basic. As in, like, Rule Cyclopedia, I never understood how the Druid worked in there. Or the Paladin, for that matter. Because you got to play a character as, say, a respectively a cleric and a fighter until you get to 8th level. Then you decide, do you want to be a Druid or do you want to keep being a cleric? Do you want to be a Paladin or do you want to just keep being a fighter? I don't know what that was reflecting. And I don't know why they, they arbitrarily put it at 8th level. So it's like put everything at 8th level in that game. You know, to build your keep, to build your whatever at 8th level. I don't understand. But they kind of make things harder than they, they need to be. And even, you know, and even the fighter has it even worse. Is oh, I want to be a paladin. Well, what kind of paladin? What's your alignment? I mean, yeah, your alignment would play a great part in it, but if you wanted to play something that's your opposite alignment, you have to change alignment. And I'm sure if characters really wanted to play a paladin of chaos, they would change their alignment to chaos if they really, really, really wanted to play that kind of character. So I just don't understand why. Some people put so many hoops for you to jump jump through. Let me what let me explain what the, where this is coming from. I recently watched uh, a review of the German game The Dark Eye from Tetsuba fifty seven on YouTube. And he's see him and I say, okay, first of all, him and I don't really see eye to eye because I'm Mr. OSR. I want rulings, not rules. I want a decent, robust RPG rule system that doesn't get in the way. It doesn't get in the way of the GM. And I don't need a rule for every single thing. He's more crunchworthy. He's more he wants he wants the crunch. He wants things detailed. But I got I got amused because he reviewed the dark eye, which has been translated for over ten years into English now. And it was funny because it was even too complex for him. Now, I ran into this game, oh, five or so years ago when I was on a, I was on a family road trip. to We were going to Galveston. Our granddaughters were there at the time. We wanted to go see them. And I walked into Books A Million looking for something to read. And I found the role-playing section. I didn't expect much because I, you know, it's fifth edition and all that. But I saw the dark eye there. And was, oh, this looks interesting. And it was expensive. I mean, the main core rule book is like 50 bucks. I mean, that's average now. But at the time, it's like 50 bucks, you know, for hardback. And so, oh, they got a digest size softback for 20. Cool. I'll pick that up. And but, but what I first did, I picked up the hardback because I'm an old and I need glasses to read something that small, you know, something digest size. So let's look at the full book, which is the same thing. So I looked at it and the first thing I did was instinctually turn to the character sheet in the back. And it's like, I don't have time. I don't want to sit here and just comb through this book, skim through this book. I just want to, you know, get the down and dirty because I just want a book to read. 
And I looked at the character sheet, which was like three pages long, and I saw all oh, this, this, this sea of statistics. And I just put the book back, and I just walked out of the store because I don't, that's, that's too much for me. I'm sorry, that's too much, too much complexity for me. And apparently it was for Tsubo. So he, he reviewed it, and he came to the conclusion that the game, because the magic system is so complex, that the game, or the people who made it, first of all, he thought they were all engineers, and I wouldn't doubt it. But secondly, he says they really don't like spellcasters. I know it's a grim and gritty, more of a low fantasy thing with some high fantasy stuff in it. But he says at the same time, they make it so hard to be, it's a point by system, they make it so hard to be a spellcaster, it's not even worth it. And to me, that those kind of games, I just, I don't get. I mean, why would you put, why would you make something so complex just to discourage people from not playing it? Why would you even put it in the book? Maybe some, maybe they had a bunch of people say, oh, we want to play spellcasters. And say, all right, you want to play spellcasters? Watch this. <laughs> and they do this. There, There is, that. that's wrong. I mean, and as a GM, I've seen game masters that way too. They make it so hard to be one thing whether it's a race or a class or a type of kit or build or something like that. That's, you know, taking me taking measures to not having somebody play that, that's too much work. I would rather just flat out say no and risk losing a player than to jump through these kind of hoops just to keep them. And, and you know, after a while, they're going to get discouraged and they're going to get frustrated and they'll probably leave. So I just don't understand why these things are in a game when you don't really have to deal with it if you don't want to. If a player or players say, I want to play X, I don't, and, and this is kind of painting with a large brush too. If, if it doesn't like spellcasters, well, then go play Pendragon or something. You know, go play something that doesn't have a magic system. Don't play. Don't go play a fan. Go play. Find a game that's a fantasy world where there's no magic. I'm sure they're out there. I've seen them. But there's always a. To me, with fantasy, there's always going to be some kind of element of a supernatural. And having a magic system, having a magic system in a game or a fantasy element like magic is just way too tempting to play for player characters. This is why I argue that I never liked NPC classes when Dragon would put them out and stuff. Because eventually, some player's going to want to play them. And if you say, oh, they're for NPCs only, well, that's not going to work in your... Uh, it's not going to work in my game. Oh, I want to play X. Okay, fine. And if it's an NPC class, why even bother... Why even bother with the class? Just give them a couple of give them a couple of skills and stuff like that. And there are normal people who do this. Uh, I just, if, uh, from what I understand, I don't know if it's Tim Cask or somebody else who said NPC. We put NPC classes in Dragon because we came up with these concepts that were just too power, too unbalanced for player characters. So we made them NPC only. And I was like, why do you even bother? You know, not everything is a good idea. So that's a bit of an off-topic ramble, but you can understand why they would go out of their way to prejudice the, against certain types of characters. That way, it makes no sense to me. But 
I've done my rant, so I'm going to go start my day. <laughs> if you want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar@gmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thanks again, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, and John Allen. You guys are great. Don't forget to listen to Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G Grognard Podcast, Mark C. Walring's The Yawning Albert Podcast, and John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diary. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.